Hello and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of AZ Vineyard Church. This week, enjoy the podcast as truth is revealed in God's Word. Go get a notebook, grab a Bible, and expect to have an encounter with God today. Good morning, everybody. Did you, while we were worshiping God, I mean, tell me the truth. Come on. Did you experience the presence of God? I mean, did you, I mean, some of us, it may be a new thing and, and often how, when Holy Spirit is moving, because God's everywhere. You know that? Did you know that? God's everywhere. He's, he, uh, he's with us right here. And then when we're worshiping and we're, you can feel his presence. One of the key ways is you just feel more peaceful. You feel more at ease. You feel loved. You experience. God speaks to us in all kinds of ways, not just with, with, our, with his mouth. He speaks through emotions. He speaks through uh, uh, things that come into our mind. And during worship, I was just having a good time with the Lord. And, and uh, Jim Dubay, our worship leader here, kind of backed away from the mic and and Jim Waters was back there rocking out on the guitar, which he's quite prone to do. Did anybody but me notice that? That dude likes to rock. And then, then because Dennis backed away, or I mean because uh, Jim backed away, Dennis took over and started singing. Did anybody notice that? And I'm experiencing the presence of God, and I look up, and the thought that hits my mind is, I wonder if Dennis ever dreamed he would become a rock and roller at his age. I mean, <laughs> it's like, love you, Dennis. You're up there like jamming out for Jesus. I'm loving it. That was, that was a wonderful time. So, lift a hand to the Lord, Will. Will you with me, Lord? Holy Spirit, here we are. Lord, we're raising our hands. Pick us. (laughs) Here we are, Lord. We're here to surrender to you. Holy Spirit, move in this place more and more and more. Move in our lives more and more and more. Amen. Um, for those of you that were here last week or watched online, those of you that are online, hey, how are you guys doing? Glad you're here. Um, I talked about the Holy Spirit in the church, and, and I want to kind of connect there and then go forward into how I believe God is leading us as a congregation. Because to tell you the truth, the bottom line on what makes us the church, what makes us Christians, what causes us to be able to move forward in serving God is His very own presence through His Holy Spirit in us. When we, when we come to the Lord to receive forgiveness, we accept, okay, you know, this is kind of how it looks in my mind anyway. You're God and I'm not. Yeah? See, the problem with humanity is we're, we're too busy playing God and want to call all our own shots. And by the way, if you haven't noticed yet, like in the morning when you look in the mirror, you might say, oh, God, you know. Or some of us, I wonder if you say, oh, 
God, you know, because we're so busy following our own way. You know, as if our thoughts and opinions were the most high. Yeah, but but when we come to Christ, we come to the reality that, hey, wait a minute. He's God and I'm not. And, and even better than that, that Jesus Christ came into this world and became uh, became human. He he lived his life. He demonstrated the kingdom of God to us, the kingdom of heaven. And then he took our sins and died for them. Praise God. Can, can anybody say thank you with me? Thank you, Lord. And then he rose from the dead victorious over our sins. He left them in the grave. He ascended to heaven and he sent his Holy Spirit. Okay, here's the deal with Holy Spirit. When the presence of God who cannot die enters us, when we accept Jesus as Savior and Lord, the the Holy Spirit comes to us to live with us and in us. That means we can't die because God can't die. Are you following me? This issue of the Holy Spirit isn't a philosophical issue. It's not a religious concept. It's a stark reality that the presence of God comes into us and stuff starts changing. How many of you know when, when the king comes in your life, he starts rearranging your furniture? You know, he starts rearranging your life and thank you, Jesus, that he does. Because he knows what to do, and us maybe not so much. He starts rearranging our inner life. Serving God isn't about your behavior on the outside. While nothing changes in here. That's called empty religion. We're putting on a show for everybody else so they'll think well of us. You know what? Jesus didn't seem to care that much. He, he cared what's going on on the inside of you. And I don't know about you, but I, I couldn't change the problems that were going on on the inside of me. I couldn't change my thinking. I couldn't change my emotions. And they kept driving me to do the same, same thing over and over and over, even when I knew it was wrong and didn't want to do it. Can anybody say, yeah, I'm right there with you, John. And something changed when I accepted Jesus. Holy Spirit came into me. And all of a sudden, a power that was not there before, a power to do what was good and right and the will of God, all of a sudden was there that wasn't there before. Holy Spirit is the focus of the church. He, he is what makes us Sons and daughters of the living God. He is not a sidelight theology to, to the, the conglomeration of religion worldwide. He is the deal. He is the one. The Scriptures calls Him the Spirit of Jesus. It calls Him the Spirit of the Father. He is he's literally God in spirit that comes to live with us. Our focus now, my encouragement for all of us is learn to listen to Holy Spirit. Some of you might be tempted to say, well, uh, he doesn't speak to me. And I, my response to that, if you're like me, is 
you know, I, I was just too noisy. You know what? Have you ever been in the house and had a bunch of kids? I got a bunch of grandkids. I love my grandkids. But when my grandkids are at the house, it's really hard for me to understand my wife. You know, what? Huh? You got to speak up, honey. I can't hear you over the din of the grandkids. It's like, am I the only one? You know, the kids are like, everybody quiet down. I'm trying to listen to, to your grandmother. You know? The problem is, for, for many of us, we're making the noise. We're making the noise and we're, we need to learn how to get quiet in our heart, get quiet in our mind, and listen to Holy Spirit. Okay, there, I've caught you up. I want to talk about healing today. Jesus, the message of Christ to the church and to the world was the kingdom of heaven is within reach. The message of the gospel isn't merely, how do I get saved? It's that heaven is right here and you can reach it and experience it. And then what did he do? What did Jesus do when he was here? What did he spend his time doing? He, demonstrating. See, he went to the synagogues of the Jews, which was their churches, their gatherings, and he would, he would talk to them from the scriptures. And in one place, he quotes Isaiah about, you know, all this miraculous stuff happening. He, folds, he closes the book, looks him in the eye and says, today it's fulfilled in your, in your sight. You're looking at it. You're looking at the fulfillment of what this said. Now, here we are, 2,000 and some years later, and the question is, is it the same now as it was back then? See, Jesus went around healing the sick, cleansing lepers, opening blind eyes. The man ruined every funeral he ever went to. He did. You couldn't stay dead around that guy. He even wrecked his own. It's like, you just can't stay dead around Jesus. And people, listen, people loved him, didn't they? When he was, he would draw crowds, even when he went out in the middle of the desert, crowds would follow him. Why did they follow him? Because they like heaven. And they like him. In our generation, it's one thing for us to sit back and look at the world going, going down the toilet. We're circling the drain, right? Anybody wake in here? Have you noticed things aren't exactly peachy keen in the world right now? And either we're just a social club here, or we're an outpost of the kingdom of heaven and given the same task as Jesus was given, and it's our Wonderful opportunity to begin to demonstrate the kingdom like he did. Jesus healed the sick. He cast out demons. He raised the dead. He calmed the storms. I want, I, I want to point out to you, every miracle of Jesus, every single one of them, was to bless and help people. Even calming a storm. 
Do you realize when Jesus calmed a, a storm right here, right now, he just, they woke him up. Don't you care that we're going to die? How are you going to die around him? You got the Son of God, and you already said you believe it in the boat with you. How are you going to die? But they're still freaking out. I'm sure there's nobody here in this house that freaks out when things go wrong. What are we going to do? Well, Jesus is with you. Why don't we talk to him about it? So he wakes up. He tells the storm, literally. Here's, the, here's John's translation of what he says to the storm. Shut up! Just shut up! Now, what were you guys saying? See, Jesus constantly did miracles to bless people. That's why people love him. For those of you who've received Jesus as Savior, isn't that why you love him? You alive, anybody alive in here? Isn't that why you love him? And promises for our future, yes. Preach it, sister. I want to talk about healing that it's for today. Healing, some of us in our past, in our, our you know, maybe you, you went to church when you were growing up, you went to a church, and some, do, some church streams believe this, God bless them, I'm not here to criticize them, I don't agree, but they teach that the miracles passed away either with the passing of the apostles or with the, what's called the canonization of Scripture. In other words, these are the books we're going to put together in the Bible, and this is, you know, the only ones we're going to use for our Bible, which I think they made the right decisions. And so those kind of churches believe that there's the Father, Son, and Holy Bible. But it's actually the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. See, I want us to not be afraid to talk about Holy Spirit. And, and, and I'm going to tell you why some people are afraid of Holy Spirit. Because you don't know what that dude's going to do. You don't know what he's going to do. Oh my gosh. Some of us say God's a gentleman. Yeah, let's see. You know, if you've seen some of the things I've seen Holy Spirit do, do you change your mind? He is a lot of times, don't get me wrong. But when out of nowhere you just like fall to the ground, shake and flop like a fish uncontrollably and don't even know you're doing it and the Holy Spirit's giving you downloads on the inside, you know, some of you are thinking, oh, now this just got weird. <laughs> Welcome to the vineyard. I did, here's, here's my point. The goal isn't weird. The goal is Holy Spirit. See, other streams of the church, you'd think for sure the goal is weird. You know, we're strange enough. Don't get me wrong. Look, you know, don't act like people haven't called you weird before. I know, you, I know many of you. Some of you are straight up weird on your own. You add Jesus to the mix and oh my gosh. Jason, for example. I mean, enough said. You know, here's, here's the point. If miracles and, and, and 
all the things Jesus did passed away back then. Why give us the Holy Spirit? Why did he say, as the Father sent me, so I send you? In the same way, I'm sending you. Why did he tell the apostles, wait here until the Holy Spirit comes and you'll be filled with power? See, Mark uh, chapter 16, at the very end of it, Jesus is given the Great Commission and he says, bottom line, wherever there's believers, these things will happen. Healing of the sick is one of them. Casting out demons is another one. Any believers here? See, I don't agree with the idea that those miracles passed. And I I will reiterate, I don't want to be critical, but I will say this. I feel like when we pull up short, and this applies to us in this room, And if we look around and see not many miracles are happening, we do see some healing happening here. We've seen some miraculous healings happen. But when we don't see what we see in the Bible, and we, we start making doctrines that justify our position instead of embracing the doctrine of the Scriptures that pulls us forward into more, then we've made a mistake. Other... Other streams of the church teach that miracles happen, but they're just for those special, the saints. And there's qualifications they have written down for saints. Well, the scriptural term for saints applies to all believers, to every son and daughter of God. That's what the word in the scriptures is talking about. So, are miracles signs and wonders for the saints to do? You betcha. You bet. And my goal today is to lead us, help us take a step forward to see that the Holy Spirit is with us, that Jesus, it's the Spirit of Jesus, and He does the same things to this very day. He's doing it, not us. In one place, Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, He's speaking to His 12 disciples. He's going to send them out. I want to point out in chapter 10, he chooses 70 no-name peoples and does the same thing. So, I don't know about you, but I'm not recorded in the Bible and neither are you, but I qualify to be a no-name somebody. So, this happens to more than these guys, but here's what he tells them. He called the 12 together and gave, everybody say gave. Gave, that means it's his, and he gave it to them. He gave them power and authority. Everybody say authority over all demons, and to heal diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and perform healing. This is... Sons and daughters of God in this room that are hearing me, or maybe you're at home, our job is to take the message that heaven is at hand to the world. Heaven's available to you here in this wicked world, and demonstrate by power and through healing. Power sometimes is when the world looks at you and what's going on in your life and the fact that you don't crumble and you don't fall apart and you don't give up. Sometimes, I anybody go through a hard time before? 
Can you, can you confess Jesus got you through it? And without him, you don't know what you'd do. See, people around us see Jesus do that in your life. They see his power. That's one way they see it. Another thing is they, they experience the power of God when you bring the things that God has given you to bear on them. In other words, has he give, given you hope? Share hope. Has he given you encouragement? Share encouragement. When you start giving away what God's given you, people feel the power of it. They feel the power of it. And see, all those are really good things, right up to the point to where, and I think sometimes we, we pull up short on this one, because when we start praying for the sick, especially out in public, and nothing happens, you could end up looking dumb. Well, for my part, I always assume I do to start with. You know, it's like, just get it over with. I, but the point is, whose power is it? Whose power is it? See, it's not my power. It's not your power. See, it's, it's all about the power of the kingdom of God happening both in us and through us. Okay, I want to talk to you about this is not magic. It's not magic. It's not like you have to work up some incantation. I swear some Christians, the way they pray, they think if they quote the right scriptures and say the right things in the right order, then God has to do what you say. That's like an incantation. Don't think that way. You're a son and a daughter of the living God. Just be a kid. Just be a kid. Daddy, I need your help. There's no, that kind of methodology doesn't work. Just love him back. Do what he says and ask him like a child. We come to him to to love him in relationship with him. See, what we're called to do isn't magic. Magic insinuates I'm doing something, right? See, it's not that. It's him doing something, and I, get, I just get to join him. It's an authority issue. The same voice that said, let there be light. The same voice that said, let there be all these animals or seas or land or, or trees. The same voice that made us in his image. That same voice is the same one. It's an authority issue. He has authority over the universe as just like a, a paint. A, an artist has authority over the paint to put it on. I happen to know about this. My wife's a professional artist. He has authority to paint the picture the way he does. My brothers and sisters, let's focus on his authority. He has authority. That's what in Jesus' name means. In Jesus' name doesn't mean I'm done praying now, signing off for now, and then the next thing is, amen, I'm done. No. In Jesus' name means we're coming in the authority of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We're coming in His power. So, it's not magic. The pressure's not on us. There's one pressure on us. That's it. To have faith in our God. To have faith in Him. To trust Him. 
Now, I'm going to tell you something about praying for the sick and healing that I think we all need to hear. When you, and I hope, I I want to challenge everyone in this room and everyone watching online, don't be afraid to pray for people out in the workplace, in where you go shopping, or it might be who knows where. And you might feel prompted to go pray for someone that you see or know that needs prayer. When we do it, when we do it, the victory is doing it. Listen to me. If you pray for somebody and they get healed, let me tell you right now, they know God showed up. Tell them, this happened because God loves you. This happened because Jesus wanted you to know you matter to him. And if you pray for, listen carefully, if you pray for someone and they don't get healed, it's still a victory. I have never yet prayed for someone that didn't get healed when I prayed for them, that didn't feel like I cared about them. Or didn't, they, people recognize that you're stepping out on a limb. Yeah? Is this making sense to you? The victory is in the obedience to God. I want to address a a theological issue real briefly. Isaiah 53, I'm going to read you the passage. I had thought to not read it, but I'm going to go ahead and do this. Okay, I'll read you the passage, then I'll talk about it. Isaiah 53 is a prophetic passage. It's amazing. In it, Isaiah is telling, foretelling of the coming Messiah. And the prophetic word is so spot on. Isaiah wrote it at about 700 B.C. Okay, let's think about this. How old is our nation? Almost 250 years old now? 700 B.C. is almost three times that amount. We're talking a long time before Jesus came. And it was spot on. But it describes the suffering servant, how he came to to take our sin away. Here's a piece of it. I'm going to read verses 4 through 6. Isaiah says this, Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell on him. And by his scourging we are healed. Scourging means he was whipped. Remember Jesus before he was uh, put on the cross was whipped by the Romans. All of us, verse 6, all of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Let's stop, talk, stop right there. Okay, now I want to I share something that some of you may disagree with, and it's okay. Let's, don't come to me later and say, Pastor, I, I really disagree with you. It's, a, it's all right. You're off the hook. I don't feel like I have to straighten you out. You don't feel like you have to straighten me out, okay? The passage is talking about us being cleansed of sin that our iniquities and and our sins, which are the griefs of our life, were put on him. That passage by some is used, uh, used to put 
healing, physical healing in the same category with salvation. And I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, that's not necessary. And it causes some theological problems. Okay, so here's, here's what happens. When we say, by his stripes we're healed, and we, and we embrace that healing is in the atoning work of Christ, like salvation is in there, it's saying that healing is guaranteed like salvation is guaranteed. Does that make sense? Okay, now let me kind of undermine my argument here. The wording in the passage, I will concede the point, actually supports that idea. But it's not found anywhere else in Scripture. And it's only one line in a passage that's clearly about salvation about removal of sin. Am I making sense? Okay, here's, here's why I'm addressing this. I want us, the best we can be, to be on the same page. Salvation is guaranteed to whosoever will, right? It's absolutely guaranteed, and Jesus absolutely took all sin. The truth of the matter is, this passage supports this, and the, all the New Testament supports it. Jesus took everybody's sins, all of them once for all. The the forgiveness is already granted before anybody asks. Yours, mine's, everybody's past, present, and future sins have already been taken away on the cross. If you want to get technical, Jesus took sin, all sin of all time, all the way back to Adam, to the cross. Just like Adam released sin on all humanity, Jesus took it all away. But we connect to it by choice. He doesn't force it on anybody. He allows us to choose. Here's the problem with believing that, uh, he, that healing is guaranteed exactly the same as salvation is. Because when we pray and someone doesn't get healed, it insinuates when someone wants to receive Christ, they might not get it. Yeah? Can you see what I'm saying? There's a, there's a theological problem with that. It's not the same. And yet, and yet, let me almost, let me reverse myself a little bit. The very salvation that is guaranteed by the atoning work of Christ on the cross and the resurrection of Christ opens the door to the kingdom of God where healing is available. Can you see the difference in those two things? So, I'm seeing that because I'm aware that many of us are coming into this congregation here at AZV and, and we're coming from other streams of the church, which is great. That's fine. Here's what the Lord wants to do. He wants to bring us into unity. It doesn't have to be uniformity. We don't have to be these little cookie-cutter Christians. I had, you want to hear a story? I had this dream years ago, and I woke up horrified. And it was a conveyor belt coming out of a commercial oven, and it had all these little, little gingerbread guys on it that were exactly the same. And there was a song blaring. And it was, I woke up, and it was like echoing in my head. And it said, I am you, you are me, I'm so glad that we are we. And it was the church. And it's like, no! The church is like a beautiful gem like with all these different facets on it. It's okay for us to have differences. 
it is not okay for us to violate the love and unity we're commanded to do in Christ. So as we move forward, I believe Holy Spirit's going to start moving in powerful ways. And, and I just wanted you to know where I stand doctrinally on that issue so you can consider. If you, if you feel different, I want you to study it out on your own. And the best we can, we'll stand in unity, even if we have a few disagreements. Eh, no big deal. I've had lots of people disagree with me before, and I still like them. It's okay. It's okay. So here's what we're going to do. Healing is for now. Healing is for all of us, and I feel like the Lord wants me to demonstrate. Okay? I, you know, I, I want you to understand. I feel no pressure to make something happen. So you willing to see what happens with me? Okay, last thing I'm going to teach before I, I do that is Jesus never asked the Father or prayed prayers to heal people. Have you noticed that? So when we pray, Father, would you please come and heal this person? That's not how Jesus prayed. He would say, sickness be gone. It's an authority issue. And it's not my authority. It's not your authority. It's his authority. Now, I may pray, Lord, let your kingdom come, your will be done right here in this guy's, you know, body. I'll pray those ways too. I'll invite the Father to come move in their life. But the truth is, it's an authority issue. Thanks for listening to AZ Vineyard Church's podcast. We're located in Goodyear, Arizona. To learn more about our church, visit our website, azvineyard.com. That's A-Z-V-I-N-E. Y-A-R-D dot com.